Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He koonai pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. He managed to persuade a Catholic church to lend him a cassock investments for his ordination. Oh my gosh. He then goes to Queenstown, where he became English doctor Angus Harrow, who befriended a group of tourists and stole their cell phones. Hi, and welcome to Crimes NZ, hosted by me, Jesse Mulligan. Uh, if you follow the news closely, you might know the name Wayne Eaglesom. Uh, it's popped up from time to time over the past two decades. Um, maybe you've heard of one of his aliases, like Alex Newman or Dr. Angus Harrow. Or, here's a good one, Father Anthony Garibaldi. Actually, he's got 40 different aliases he's known to have used. And he's one of New Zealand's most prolific conmen. He's racked up about 250 convictions, most of them related to fraud. Uh, he's also a convicted sex offender. And as of today, he is not in the country. He's on the run. Stuff senior crime reporter Sam Sherwood has been following Eagleson for the past six years. He first came on my radar um, well, about six years ago now when he was running at Backpackers in Waltham. Uh, I didn't know at the time who he was, other than it was a man renting a Backpackers. I went down, spoke to him, did a story about what seemed like unsafe conditions. And then the following day, I got a tip to say, this man is a bit more than meets the eye, which is a a bit of an understatement. And um, kind of all spiralled from there for me uh, in terms of uh, my stories on Wayne. Were you, was he going by the name Wayne Eaglesome when you ran into him six years ago? No, he was using uh, one of his many aliases. Um, this one was Richard Mountjoy. Okay. So you started looking into his life, and when did his life of crime begin? So I got a, a copy of his criminal conviction history, and it all kind of starts at 17. Uh, so in 1993, he was. Uh, convicted on several charges of theft and fraud. He was jailed later that same year in Nelson after a further spate of offending. And this kind of pattern continues for 10 years. And then in 2003, he's jailed for two years after one of his most prolific offending. Uh, after 23 charges of fraudulently using a document, and he got jailed for two years following that. Uh, his crime spree there started after he stayed at a top hotel in Auckland under one of his aliases, Ari Binyatsak, and ran up a bill of about $2,000. He was caught, released on bail, and then went on the run, heading for Wellington, where he befriended a man and stole his bank card. And then he went to Christchurch, and now he was Father Anthony Garibaldi, who um, was apparently a new priest whose clothes had been lost in transit from Sydney. He managed to persuade a Catholic church to lend him a cassock, investments for his ordination. Oh my gosh. He then goes to Queenstown, where he became English doctor Angus Harrow, 
who befriended a group of tourists and stole their cell phones while he was socialising with them. Uh, of course, more Fort Grimes went going, and eventually he was arrested in Kaikoura. I mean, these are pretty colourful backstories. Do you get the sense that he quite enjoyed that part of it, coming up with a new identity, often a new nationality? Totally. I think he, he loved it. Um, and I think for each of these characters, he had a backstory. And I think deep down he quite enjoyed coming out of those stories. And it's kind of impressive in some ways that he could recall them, kind of on, on questioning the story was ready to go. And was presumably convincing if he uh, managed to persuade that Catholic church to lend him some gears. I think it's fair to say Wayne's very convincing, yes. Yeah. Uh, so what about Alex Newman? Tell us about that kind of role that he stepped into. Yeah, so Alex Newman's a, a name he's used several times over the last 20 years. Um, the first time I, I've come across the NMI reporting anyway was in 2012, um, when two backpackers met him while a pub, pub crawl in Auckland, using the name Newman, he offered them a job on his bot, yacht, sorry, um, and they were paid $50,000 for six months' work as a boy Friday. Uh, their salaries would be paid by some company in Brussels to an account in Monaco. Now, obviously, these two men, it's quite good money, um, thought it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and then six days, 16 days before they were set sail, they emailed Alex Newman, asking for an update. Uh, it didn't take long to get a reply from his mother saying he had a massive heart attack and was in hospital. Just uh, out of interest, what's in it for him, this, uh, this story? Was it a story for the sake of the story, or, or had he got some uh, cash off them? They, he, no, he didn't get any cash off them at all. I think it's a, a story for the sake of a story, and this is how he befriends people. He offers them jobs. He says, you know... I can help you get a job here, or in some cases he's got cryptocurrency. I can help you get cryptocurrency. So he's, he's offering things. He never, or not in many cases anyway, he doesn't seem to get much out of it in return financially. Yeah, so interesting. And this would all be a bit of uh, a lark, a bit of fun, if he wasn't stealing from people. And then there's also some more serious crimes that he's been convicted of as well. What's the story with the sex offending? So that was in um, 2006. So... One of the complainants there met him under the alias Alexander de Villiers outside a tavern in Tauranga. He offered the victim a place to stay and orchard jobs in Tapuki. Now, during this man's stay with um, Eagleson, uh, he claimed he was a chiropractor and that his grandfather was a chief of defence of South Africa. Now, one day, uh, de Villiers, Wayne, emerged from his bedroom completely naked and placed his hands on the victim's private parts. Uh, he then offered, offered him $1,000 for sexual favours, but was rebuffed. In an interview with police, he claimed that the victim was a Tauranga escort, and he paid him $180 for a one-hour session. Uh, another person that he offended against was an 18-year-old who um, de Villiers approached outside the supermarket. Um, and so in, in, in total, he was charged with four counts of decent assault, sexual violation, and um, unlawful detention. Okay. There's a lot going on here. Um, in fact, even when he was in prison, he was reprimanded too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was reprimanded for impersonating a corrections officer, which got him in a bit of trouble by the sounds of it. Yeah. Can I just ask at this point, Sam, what your sort of, um, I guess, what your take is on the guy, what your relationship is with him as a, as a reporter? I mean, do, do you respect 
him at all in, in terms of you know what he's been able to achieve as a criminal? Has he been an elusive person to write about? Give us a bit of an idea. Oh, definitely elusive. Um, he's been incredibly hard to get hold of over the years, but each of these backpackers who deal with him thankfully have a cell phone number or they have an email address, and so they're always passing them on to me as a way to get hold of him. Um, as far as the respect thing, I don't know if I respect him, I, I think it's impressive in some ways this amount of confidence he clearly has and how he's able to continue this and come across so believable to so many different people. Why have you stayed on the trail? There have been many a times where I've told myself this is the last story um, on Wayne <laughs> because there's only yeah. so many stories you can do, but um, months later there's something else that's even more extraordinary that comes up. Um, but also I think there's a public interest too. Um, the more recent stories I've done when he's been, uh, once he's fled the country, the number of people who've, after those stories, reached out to me and said, thanks for letting us know, um, thanks to your previous stories, we found out he was a con man. And so it's, there is that element too. Okay, fast forward to 2018, 2018, and what happens uh, before he's jailed again? Yeah, so this time... Um, Rewind a little bit. 2013, he was convicted and was made a prohibited director. So he couldn't be involved with a company in any way, no management whatsoever, five years. And then in 2018, I got a call from a property manager in Christchurch to say that Eaglesome had converted her five-bedroom home into a backpacker's, hosting up to 28 people at a time. Uh, further investigations around that, I was able to reveal that he had actually set up a company called Ugly House Services. Now, this company had been placed into liquidation, owing $160,000 to creditors. Now, essentially, he'd found a loophole in MBIE where he used one of his aliases to create this company and then amass debt, get this um, rental home, turn it into a backpackers. And uh, he was eventually charged with um, running a company despite being prohibited director and jailed for just over two years. Uh, he was jailed for a couple of years in October 2018, which means he what, got out in 2020. What's he been up to since? You, and by uh, the way, I should say, you're well on his track by now. You must be watching pretty closely what he does next. Yeah, it comes to no surprise that it didn't take long. It was only a few days, actually, when I got tipped off that he, um, he created another identity and was posting photos on Instagram claiming to be in Europe buying a luxury car and eating at fancy hotels. But actually, he was now going by Richie Meyer and was in Hamilton. Uh, he was shopping at Noel Lemming and dining at Starbucks, so he wasn't quite <laughs> living the, the life he, uh, he alleged. Um, and once again, to no surprise, he um, didn't take long. He was in Auckland attempting to rent a luxury apartment and promising to fill it with wealthy clients for $500 a night. Um, it's a bit more reporting there. We were able to reveal that he left a trail of debt across Auckland with landlords and locksmiths, um, the latest of his many victims. I've got now, to say, for, like, the, the, the amount, and I think I've said this before about con, con men and con women, the amount of energy they must put in to creating these cons and, and living the lives, you'd almost be better off just to put them into hard work and have a legit life. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's exhausting just hearing about all these stories that he's concocted. Totally. I mean, I'm sure he could have carved out a good career for himself if he'd chosen to go uh, a legitimate route. Yeah.
Okay, um, so at some point he flees the country, right? Yeah, so after the reporting, he was actually charged with breaching his release conditions, and then he failed to appear in court twice, and then at the second appearance, his lawyer claimed, or said, sorry, they got an email that morning from Wayne claiming to be in Laos, and that he's fled the country. And that would be the end of the trail for many reporters, but Sam... You stuck with him. I wouldn't have backed anyone to be able to find this guy, given that he's lying um, to everyone he meets. He's using aliases. He could be anywhere in the world, but you managed to track him down. Yeah, I couldn't quite stop. Um, so, so, yeah, December last year, I had some backpackers in Spain reach out to me to say that he was now a senior tax lawyer using the alias Frederick Freihart von Thyssen um, and was offering large amounts of money to men for sex. Yeah, so how did they manage to work out it was him and contact you? So what ends up happening was um, there were lots of a lot of people starting these backpackers and word of mouth kind of spread between them about this man and what he was claiming. And they ended up um, searching previous stories because the backpacking community throughout Europe had kind of come onto this. And then... Just by word of mouth, they were sharing articles, and then one of those articles went to one of these two men who then put two and two together. But thankfully, they got in touch with me before they let him know they were onto him. Yeah, and you got a bit of an insight into how he worked here. Can you tell us a bit of that story? In terms of that offending? Yeah, the backpackers he met. So, you know, what did he say to them, and, and yeah. what did their kind of interaction look like? So, at that point, he was. Um, he was buying them drinks. So the first night there, uh, he, he arrived, um, bought drinks for about 12 people, including wine, Red Bull, Jägermeister. Um, and throughout the whole evening, he was telling them stories about his supposed billionaire friends. Um, he said his wife had left him. Uh, she caught him having sex with a poor boy. And he was going by a large villa in Ibiza so his son could open a party hostel there. Um, and then the next morning, he offers the men uh, money for sex. He offers one of them $370,000 in NZ, plus an apartment in Spain. Um, and he, but then he offers the man again to have $8,000 for a, quote, enthusiastic kiss. So the man agrees. Um, and around the same time, Wayne sends him a screenshot uh, that shows that he apparently has $51 million in cryptocurrency. So the man agrees, but never gets the money. Um, and then... So yeah, that's kind of how that played out anyway. And as, as the men told me, you know, they said that he was just incredibly confident and they had no reason to not believe him. What about, because you also heard from an American backpacker who'd come across him as well, uh, again going by the name Alex Newman. Yeah, so now he was claiming to be a German national who uh, had lost a bit of money in Bitcoin, now had $90 million in Bitcoin. Um, and... The couple I spoke to, so it was an, yeah, an American backpacker and his wife, they were actually getting instructions from the hostel on how to get to the um, Hagia Sophia when this man walks past carrying a bag full of Magnum ice creams and introduces himself. Um, so yeah, that's before he's now a German national, attended Oxford and worked for a large investment management company. He paid for everyone's meals. Yeah, hang um, on. He, his opening line is, you look like you need an ice cream. Yeah, that was it. So he's just wandering around with a bag full of magnums looking for his next target. Well, they haven't been at the same hostel, so it worked out fine for him as he arrives. Mm-hmm.
Okay, sorry, carry on. So he, so he takes him out to dinner? Takes him out to dinner, um, told him that his Russian, these Russian clients he had of his, they were great people um, who had their assets frozen. Now, anyway, this story raises too many red flags, and um, eventually the couple lock him up, using the name Alex Newman, and came across some of my stories, which obviously linked Alex oh. Newman to Wayne Eagleson. And he left the next day. Did they confront him, do you know? They did, after the fact. Yeah. Um, and I think he, he blocked them, or they didn't get anything further out of him anyway. Kind of funny that he used that same uh, name. If he hadn't, they might never have worked it out. Exactly. Now, he is probably understandably reluctant to do interviews, but you somehow managed to do an interview with him, Sam. Yeah, it's fair to say I've tried a few times over the years. Um, several years ago, he told me he was never going to interview with me, and that was, quote, never going to happen. Um, and then, after my reporting of him recently in Europe, I came across a, a number that he was using on WhatsApp. I tried calling it and calling it, and no luck. And then one Saturday morning, I was taking my daughter to swimming, and I thought, I'm trying it one more time. And I, it rung through. And then he messaged me, Immediately, and said, Look, I've got some surgery coming up, and talking to you is not a priority. And then I started messaging him back, asking him more questions, and then, yeah, he, he finally gave us some answers. Um, he did say that he was having a stomach cut out by a gastric sleeve and was soon to have eye colour surgery. Um, he claims that since he was released from prison, he's been living off cryptocurrency, um, which is interesting because when he was jailed, he offered to pay reparation via cryptocurrency, via Bitcoin, and the judge said no to that. Um, but he claims that the cryptocurrency he had then was then worth three thousand, but it's now worth forty thousand each. Um, this is what he's telling you, and are totally. you buying it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no, you can't buy anything he says. But, and then he what, goes. What about and, the surgery? I mean, it, it might make sense that he was trying to ch- change his appearance given his chosen life of lying to people and evading capture. Totally, and he can change as much as he wants, but the name is going to come back to bite him, I think. I think there's only so much you can do, right, (laughs) in terms of changing your appearance. What was it like chatting to him? You know, he's obviously a guy, I keep thinking of the movies, Sam, it'd be a great movie about you, uh, you know, you're following this guy over the years and trying to track him down, but... um, Anyway, that's probably a separate conversation. But what was it like when you actually finally did get to get some answers? It was weird. I was, I was, I was at the swimming lesson, and I was trying to pay attention, but also because I knew that I had a finite period of time. I thought it might be 10 minutes, and he'll be gone. He'll block my number, so I need to get as many questions in as I can. So I was just furiously typing on my phone, um, asking all the obvious questions. Why do you do this? Um, are you sorry for what you've done? A kind of a response to his many, many crimes throughout the years. Um, and, you know, he said, he, said to, he said to me, like, you know, I may have been deceptive about who I am, but that's not a crime. Um, and then I sent him links to stories about all his offences, um, how he'd recently offered money to men for sex. And all he had to say to that was, you know, there'd been no charges proven against me in any jurisdiction while I've been overseas. And then he did apologise, though. He said he was sorry for all his prior offending and regretted any and all negative impacts he'd had on those, he, those that he has affected. What, are, what does family make of him? So um, Wayne actually spent most of his childhood in Wairoa. 
Um, I spoke to his stepmum several years ago when he was last jailed. Um, she said that the family hadn't seen him uh, for about 16 years. Uh, he had called several times over the years, but just never shown up. She said um, she, th- she thought he just chooses the way to live the way he lives. Um, that, you know, there's no criminal history in the family. Um, she called it Wayne's World and said that um, <laughs> the Eagles are a normal functioning family apart from him. Yeah. Um, we also spoke to his mum as well. Yeah. Um, his mum didn't want to talk too much, but she calls him a dopey bugger um, and said there were, quote, far more heinous people out there than him. Um, and that, you know, he was never that kind of person as a child, but something's obviously happened. Um, and the years have rolled by, and you can't do anything about it now. She said something interesting about his voice. Yeah, so his stepmum, because um, one of the things about Wayne is he has this kind of thick, upper-crust British accent. Um, and I asked his stepmum, where does he get that from? Because he's actually part Māori with Scottish ancestry. And she, she's got absolutely no idea. She can't, can't explain it. Do you think he's got rich off these schemes? I don't know. I, as far as the backpackers, I've never been able to come across a situation where he's got much money, if any, out of them. Obviously, there was the money he, um, when he was in Christchurch and he amassed all that debt with that company. He had about $106,000 in debt there, and he had 50 mobile phones, which has been previously alleged that he might have sold off for money. But he hasn't, that's what I find struggled hard to understand, is where all this money is coming from. He's in Europe now, he's travelling around Europe, and how he's actually affording this. Now, you're not a psychiatrist, Sam, but what do you think his deal is? Well, I think he's a complete narcissist, um, and he's obviously a pathological liar. Um, a parole report from a few years back now um, said he was a, quote, prolific high-risk confidence man, with narcissistic overlays. And I'm pretty happy to, to agree with that. You think he just enjoys the attention and at least temporary respect he gets from people when he tells them these lies and, and, and makes himself sound like more exciting than he is? Totally. And I think he likes people liking him and people seeing him as this whatever the role is at the moment. Um, and believing his stories. And it must be a game, too. You know, what ridiculous thing can I convince this group of that I can do or that I have done? Must be a bit lonely, too. Do you think he'll come back to New Zealand? Well, I asked him that. He said he won't. Um, I mean, obviously the money has to uh, wear out at some point, but um, he is obviously uh, facing some charges here, um, so that might put him off slightly. Um, but I don't know. He told me it was he would never come back, but uh, I guess time will tell. Thanks for listening to Crimes NZ, hosted by me, Jesse Mulligan, and produced by Melita Tull, Charlie Drever, Sam Hollis, and Ayana Piper Helian. Thanks this week to Stuff's Sam Sherwood and to RNZ's Liz Garten and EP of Podcasts, Tim Watkin. Crimes NZ is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your podcasts. Hit the follow button so you never miss an app.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.